We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kenny Wallace Show, brought to you by Jags, the leader in high-performance aftermarket car parts. Remember to go to jegs.com for everything and anything you need for your vehicle. You, you see my smile on my face? <laughs> I, I'm smiling because I'm so excited that this man right here, Ryan Blaney, won the 2023 NASCAR Cup Championship. And I'm going to tell you why I'm smiling in just a minute. But Ryan, welcome in, my friend. Oh man, Kenny, I appreciate you having me. I uh, I love watching all your stuff. Uh, it's always always great to see you, and it's good to talk to you. So it's good. Well, thank you. So uh, the reason I'm smiling, and uh, I know you will remember this. Uh, you know, I'm not breaking my arm, but <laughs> I remember I remember your very first. Uh, I we we went from the Bush Series to Nationwide, then Xfinity. Maybe you would have been in the Nationwide, but your very first nationwide race at Richmond. Yeah. Man, I was amazed with your ability. It was the first time I watched you race. Richmond's my track, and you ran third. And it shocked the hell out of me. So when the race was over, I came to your car. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I remember. That was a uh, that was obviously a fun night. You know, we were running for Tommy Baldwin. Um, you know, Dad was running cup cars for him at the time. Yeah, I remember you coming up to me after the race. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, so I saw talent before anybody else did. And, of course, we've had Dale Jr. on here just a little bit ago, and uh, we had fun with him, Dale Jr., choosing you to win the championship. And uh, (laughs) we went back and forth on it. But uh, so you did it right, my friend. Let's start like this. You're a hero. You win the championship. Then you propose to your fiance. Uh, tell me about that. That was really fun to watch. Yeah, it was definitely, play out. Uh, definitely a really good um, November, good December. Uh, you know, for us in our home, and yeah, I mean, I uh, you know the proposal, you know, with Gianna and I, I planned on doing that for a while. You know, I mean, that was championship or not, right? I already had that in my back pocket, and um, yeah, I mean, obviously, just an amazing year. Uh, both personally and professionally and uh, just couldn't, I don't know how you top it. I, I really don't. So hopefully it doesn't go downhill from here. Hopefully it can, it can maintain of like a good, uh, good peak. So it was uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great end of 23 and looking forward to, to 24 this year. You know, you're only 30 years old. Uh, I feel like 
with somebody your age, you're so young that it, it will benefit everybody. If we just do a little uh, talk about how you got to where you are, because I'm totally shocked that, and I know you're tired of it, but we all keep saying, did you start in dirt racing? And you're yeah. like, no, don't got anything to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone thinks that everyone thinks, you know, just because my dad and grandpa, you know, that's how I started. And um, I did very little dirt, you know, um, very, very little. And, and I've maybe I've run a dirt modified a couple times. I ran a dirt sprint car a couple times, um, but I, I haven't sat behind the wheel of a sprint car in over 10 years. And um, it, it, it was really just location where I grew up. You know, by the time I was old enough to start racing, dad was in the cup side and we were in North Carolina. And especially then, you know, there wasn't a lot of dirt options around, you know, it was kind of mainly asphalt country in North Carolina. And um, Bobby Labonte built a great quarter midget track in Salisbury um ncqma and uh, that was really close to where i grew up was high point and um you know that was a great avenue for me to get started with dad um you know just because there was all these great people around and then that led to the past series the pro all-star series was really big uh, in the super late model side so yeah from quarter midgets to running legend cars and bandoleros uh to the past series you know it was it was just a lot of opportunities in asphalt and, uh, and that's really who dad knew at the time, right? He was really into, uh, knew everybody on the asphalt side. And uh, so that was really the reason. If I grew up in Ohio, I probably would have did the dirt route and I don't know where I would have ended up. But yeah, location is, is why, uh, why I didn't do much dirt. And everyone asked me, like, especially the dirt race at Bristol, they're like, oh, you'll be really good. You're a dirt guy. I'm like, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so, um, that was, it's always fun to bring up. And, and I think people are finally realizing like, okay, he didn't do much dirt. But yeah, that's a big question. I would always get asked, you know, a lot, especially early. Let's keep the dynamics right where it's at right now. So um, my daughter, Brittany, uh, she's married now to uh, Brody Pompey. But Brittany... Uh, loves your family. Uh, you know, I always say my daughter, Brittany, hangs out with the Blaney's and the boats. Your, your family, uh, they're a wonderful dynamic. Uh, your sisters, your mom, your dad. Um, it makes me happy every time I see your family. It, it looks like you really love your sisters and your mom and dad. It looks like you all have a really good thing going on. Yeah, you know, I was really lucky to, uh, you know, have a, a really great family around me and, and be close to my family and, and remain close to them. Uh, and like you said, you know, I have two sisters that were, uh, that were amazing when I was, you know, kind of getting going in, in racing and still are, and still support me and, and my parents, my mom and dad, or obviously dad was a huge part of my racing career, but I always say like, mom, I think was the MVP of everything. Right. I, I feel like it gets overshadowed sometimes of how much mom sacrifice when they have children involved in sporting events and stuff like that, of how much running around they do and how much that they, you know, push to the side to put their kids first. And, um, you know, and she was always amazing at that. So really fo fortunate to have an awesome, you know, family around me to where I had a, a great, you know, support group growing up and for them to still support me. And, and just as much as when I was, 10 years old, you know, to this day, 20 years later, it's still, uh, still amazing. So I can never thank them enough for that. What about, uh, grandpa Lou? Uh, I like it that you name drop his name every once in a while. I, is Lou where it all started? Your dad's dad? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, that's really how the racing dynamic got started mainly, um, you know, was from Lou, my grandfather, uh, you know, got my dad into racing, got my uncle Dale into racing, 
you know, and, and Lou raced from the sixties all the way to the early two thousands. And, mm. um, you know, just, and he was only a dirt guy, you know, my grandfather never really transitioned into asphalt. Uh, he was a mainly a dirt sprint car guy, dirt modified guy, and, um, just really, really successful up in, you know, the Ohio, Pennsylvania, Indiana area. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, he got sick, uh, when I was pretty young, um, you know, he had Alzheimer's and, mm. um, you know, I, I always think back now that, you know, I'm older. It's like, man, I, I, if I could like change one thing was just, I wish I was older before, you know, I got to know him before he got sick and before he passed away, you know, just cause you want to hear old stories and you want to hear the, the history of your family. So whenever I can meet people who they say, Oh, I grew up watching your grandfather race, or I knew your grandfather and, or hearing old stories from dad and Dale, it's just always great. And, um, you know, so it's, it's really something that I appreciate, uh, the history of your, your family and, and where you come from and how it all started. But, uh, yeah, Lou was the, the biggest piece and, um, it's led to, you know, three generations of racers and, and hopefully it continues, you know, continue that generational, you know, racing. And we'll stay right here just a little longer. Uh, your, your dad, uh, brother, I believe Dale, Yeah, Dale, I know him, uh, of course, haven't seen him in a while, but I mean, he, he won a big race at Eldora. I believe, I believe he's won some really big stuff. Uh, he's still racing. What, what's Dale up to? Yeah, Dale. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was, um, you know, he was huge in the all-star series, you know, Dale won all-star championships and tons and tons of races and, uh, was an amazing basketball player too for those he people should who don't be. know. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're six four and, and you're not, you know, doing something like that, I don't know. But yeah, he went to West Virginia. He's in the West Virginia Hall of Fame for basketball and was actually drafted by the Lakers back wow. in the eighties. Um, I don't know how many people know that, but uh yeah, he's uh he's still racing a little bit now. Um, you know, but his daughter Leah, she has a couple kids now, so he's got the grandfather role going on too. But uh, I saw him at Christmas, he came over, so it's always good to see Dale and um, you know, he kind of bounces back and forth from Ohio to North Carolina. So, uh, yeah, he's, uh, had huge success in his racing career and, and still does it just like my dad races and, uh, you can't get it out of them. I mean, you know that you can't, you can't stop mm. it and, uh, they do what they love and, and it's great that they still love it as much as they do for as long as they've done it. And that's, uh, it's just a bug that you can't get out of you. I think you just reminded me why I asked you about the family dynamics, because maybe 10 years ago, all of a sudden we have Dave Blaney, uh, Dale Blaney, you, Ryan Blaney. We have the two boat sisters. Then we had Leah Blaney. And I'm like, man, they're coming, they're coming out of the woodworks. And <laughs> you're right. And, and Leah uh, has babies now. And uh, so one more thing before we go on to your incredible career. Uh, how's your mind, everybody? You know, I, I, I did my studying, but uh, so does your dad still own... Sharon Speedway in Sharon, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, he's a part owner. He's one of three guys that own it, um, and he's owned that that place for a long time. But yeah, he still owns it, and and uh, he runs there a good bit. He's got uh, a handful of sprint car races he does there a year, and uh, is a big part of it. Didn't he win a World of Outlaw race there two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Um, that was amazing. He and uh, it was <laughs> it was super cool, and I think he loved it too because you know he was racing Sheldon Honshield for the win, right? Right. And, and, you know, my dad and Jack raced for a, a long time together in the Outlaw Series, and it was cool that dad could run against Sheldon and race with him for the win. And, uh, yeah, for dad to win that Outlaw show at his home track, one he owns, to do it how he did, 
compete against against the best guys and he doesn't run all the time you know so that's just a yeah. huge feat and uh we were at coda uh for the race weekend and i remember i was sitting in the motorhome with it was me chase elliott and bill elliott were sitting wow. there watching and i mean the bus was rocking we were jumping up and down i mean it was just one of the coolest things ever and um that's something i never forget i got his banner from that night in my barn so i always look at it and and appreciate it so that's something he'll never forget and i'll never forget either well there's no doubt that you have your your dad's talent uh everybody in the industry says you know if if a wheel doesn't fall off here a couple of times you know your dad had so many cup races won and you know at the very end something would fall off so i you know people inside the industry they know that your dad uh, dave is a winner a champion and uh well let, let's just go right there let me Herman's got, he's getting older nowadays. So <laughs> let, let's do it like I do everybody. Let's remind everybody. Now, remember you're young, but boy, you've already done it all. Uh, Ryan Blaney, 30 years old, 10 cup wins. Gosh, that's an, an unbelievable. Seven Xfinity wins, four truck wins. Now let's get to, let's get to the good stuff. As the song says, let's get to the good part. <laughs> 2023 Coke 600 winner. That's a big one. You got to be strong, and you're strong. 2022 All Star winner. 2018 Twin 150 winner. 2021 Coke 0400 winner at Daytona. So this this is the part where I say, okay, you're only 30. When I read all that stuff off to you. Where's your brain go? What do you think? I wish I could have had more. Yeah, I mean, I've been, you know, super lucky, obviously, uh, my whole life, uh, and especially in my professional career to. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. They have been around great people, right? And and you know, in racing, right? You want to surround yourself with good people. And uh, and I've been lucky for that. You know, from Tommy Baldwin to the Wood Brothers to Penske. Um, Brad Keselowski, uh, I, I've been really fortunate to drive with some amazing owners and, and, and people that, you know, have been in the race shops and, and worked with through my career. That's given me opportunities. I just, I can't ask for any more, you know, and, and I've been really lucky and, and it's cool to see it all come full circle, you know, in 23 and for us to, you know, pull off the championship and yeah, just, uh, you can't do it without good people around you. So I, I, I don't take any of the credit. It's all the people you surround yourself with. And, um, those are the folks that made it possible. I have wrote down here, and I need you to help straighten me out. Uh, it's fun, though. So when you came into the Cubs series, I think you came in with the Wood Brothers? Is that yes. So I made I made two starts in 2014 with uh, Penske. It was actually it was in the 12 car, which was pretty interesting. Okay. Uh, I ran at Kansas was my first race, and I ran Talladega. Uh, but then in 15, 16, 17, I ran for the Wood Brothers. So I had three years with the Wood Brothers, and then I went – back to the 12 car. Okay. So was the Wood Brothers 
basically supported by Penske Racing or was the Wood Brothers all by itself? Yeah, so when uh, 2015 came around uh, and we were going to do a partial schedule, I think we ran like 15 races that year. And um, Trevor Bain was in it before me mm. and they had a partnership with Roush. And uh, when I, when we, I, when the plan was for me to jump in that thing, it kind of transitioned to being a Penske sister car, gotcha. you know? Um, so, uh, you know, for years we, they had a shop in Mooresville, uh, the Wood Brothers did, but we ran, you know, a lot of stuff out of the Penske race shop uh, in Mooresville. So really full support from the Penske group working with the Wood Brothers. So it was a great dynamic of kind of combining the two teams. And that's still how it's operated to this day, you know, from uh, Harrison Burton's running it. It's still a, a Penske, you know, team car, great affiliation. And um, I, I think that makes us even stronger, right? If you can add a, a car like that to the stable of, you know, Penske and the Wood Brothers, that's just, uh, that's just huge. So yeah, they were, they were along with me every step of the way. So here's the point I'm getting to. Uh, it seems that you have the ability to do something maybe, you know, Jeff Gordon has done. And I don't know any other drivers you have the ability to basically drive for one organization, maybe your whole career. Have, have you ever thought that here you are now, you know, of course my brother, Rusty drove for Roger. I did some stuff for, you know, Rusty started Penske South. So, uh, yeah. you know, you all are reaping the fruits of Rusty's labor. He started Penske South. Have you ever thought that you might be able to drive for Penske racing your whole NASCAR career? Has that ever uh, you know, I've, uh, Mr. Penske and I talk about it, you know, a good bit. And especially when, you know, I re-signed with them last year, you know, I told him, I was like, can you believe it's been 10 years since I walked in the building here, you know, and Incredible. Um, it's unbelievable how time flies like that. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I personally couldn't imagine being anywhere else, uh, especially now in my career. I just know everyone there very well. They've treated me great. You know, the Wood Brothers are fantastic. You know, Eddie, Len, Leonard, you know, it was amazing to know Glenn. Uh, you know, they were just a great family and, and good people. And they've always told me, even if you're not driving for us anymore, you know, you're still part of our family. And uh, wow. that's just amazing that they have that mindset. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to drive for Roger my whole career. Right. I mean, that's, that's what I want to do. And fortunately they have kept me around long enough uh, that I have the opportunity to do that. So hopefully it keeps going. Let's get into last year. Uh, here we are already. I got to look at my calendar. I, we get so busy. I'm like, what year is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. 2023, uh, you win the championship. And, and I don't say that lightly. It's, it's unbelievable. It's a big deal. But I noticed at the end of the year, especially when you got to, to Martinsville, uh, I'm going to go into racer mode right now. Uh, seemed like your car gained a lot of really good forward drive at Martinsville. And then I think, you know, and I, listen, I'm just saying what I see. Then when you went to Phoenix, it, it carried on. So the question at hand is this. Uh, you, were, you were right there, but you weren't up here. And the, but at Martinsville, I looked at your car. It was, the, the ass end was sinking. Man, killer forward drive. Did your team find something at the end there? You know, I definitely think we, we did. And, um, you know, I, I look at the whole year of 23 and – I thought we, you know, people thought that, oh, they ran bad all year. It's like, well, not really. Like, I mean, we won the 600 in May. Heck, I was the points leader after the 600. 
And then we just went through a slump in the summer. You know, we just we just lost a little speed. Some teams found something. We were playing a little bit of catch up. And you don't know how this stuff goes. I've always I've always kind of compared motorsports to just a big circle. You know, like some teams will be up top and then you're going to you're going to go to the bottom at some point. So you're going to struggle for speed and then you find it. And it's all about finding it at the right time. And um, so we worked really hard in the summer when we were struggling, you know, to, to figure out, hey, we're locked in the playoffs. We won the 600. We're lacking speed here. Here's where we need to get better. And let's just go to work. Let's challenge our, ourselves to be better by the playoffs. And that's what we did. I mean, we had a deadline we needed to beat. And once this playoff started going, our first round was okay. Um, but then once we got into the you know, second round, um, one Talladega, and our team was, I always refer to Talladega as like the tipping point for our team. Like we were on the verge of, okay, we're running better. I think we have good speed. We just need one good thing to happen to us. And then it's like full speed ahead. We're going to be dangerous. And we won Talladega and it was just on, you know, we had a great run at Vegas, had a shot to win Homestead, ran up towards the front because the mile and a half we struggled at. And uh, when we found speed at the mile and a half, it was a huge confidence boost for us. It's like, all right, we found the location and the spots where we need to get our cars faster. And uh, let's, let's really use that and run with it. So um, I, I thought we, we did a great job of working through the hard times and not getting down on ourselves, just doing the work and figuring it out. And it benefited us when the playoffs started. And um, once we went to Talladega, it was, we were dangerous and I knew it. And, uh, the things we found, you know, through the summer and what we worked on for the fall really applied. And uh, we were able to keep, you know, all the momentum in the world uh, and and be great, you know, when it counted. And uh, we were able to capitalize on it. As I listen to you intently, I think of Bill Elliott. Uh, Bill Elliott uh, would talk to me. And as you said, you're friends with Chase and you all were in the motorhome. But Bill said to me one time, he taught me this. He said, Herman... He said, this racing is all about timing and circumstances. And, uh, you know, great teams peak at the right, right time. But I, I can't help to think you're only 30. You are racing in the highest form of motorsports in America. And, and I got lost in that. I, I forgot about that. Do, do you ever think that you are racing against the world's greatest race car drivers, the best race car drivers, Ryan, they find their way to the cup series. You're racing against Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell. Do you ever, do you ever think to yourself, damn, I'm in the, I'm in the largest form of motorsports there is in America and I'm yeah. the champion. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's, it's easy to get <laughs> lost in it every now and then, we you do. know, because you do it all the time, right? Like you've, you know, I've been in the cup series for, seven years, something like that. And it's easy to get lost in it, right. Of, of taking a step back and realizing, man, I'm, I'm really lucky and fortunate to be competing at the top level, especially just, living in Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I get to go out each weekend, compete against the best racers in America. And I feel like when times are hard and you're not running well, you have to take a step back and look at that and appreciate it because you can get down, you can get frustrated, you know, when things aren't going well, but you have to take a step back and appreciate it. Like, okay, we can do this. We're here for a reason. Let's figure it out. You know? So I feel like I did that in the summer. I was like, you know, I was frustrated a little bit. We weren't running good, but then you kind of take a look at the big picture. It's like, all right, it's pretty special. We're here. Uh, let's make the most of this, you know, but it is easy to lose track of like, 
that thought of how lucky you are to be competing against the best groups of men and women in the world and, and especially in America and uh, to go out and, you know, just run with them week in and week out is, is great. And let alone compete with them for wins and championships is, uh, is, is pretty special too. Yeah. I was my own worst enemy. Uh, as you know, I lived down in Charlotte for 27 years and it wasn't until like right around now, now I'm 60 and I look back and I said, man, I was so damn hard on myself. Uh, that leads me to this. Penske Racing is such an incredible organization, well-oiled machine. Is there anybody in Penske Racing to talk to? I mean, I understand that we're all tough guys, you know, but, you know, there's sports therapy. You, you all work out. You're in the sim. You know, there's all this new technology. Uh, do, do you drivers at Penske, all of you, even on the IndyCar side, do they have a sports psychologist? Uh, or, you know, I mean, I hear you're, you're one of your best friends, you know, Bubba Wallace, he talks about that. Or do you, are you just that strong? You don't need anybody. No, I, I, I think everyone kind of uses someone different, right? I, I, there is a great guy that we use um, that I personally used throughout the years. And um, he, those people really help you out. You know, I, I feel like, I think that's important, you know, somebody to have, talk to. Yeah. You know, and, and, good or bad, you know, and, oh, yeah. and me and, you know, this guy I talked to, you know, I, I always point out the bad, right. Because it's, how do you work on it? Right. How do you work on the bad? You can talk about the good stuff all day long. Great. You're doing good in this area, in this area, but it's like, all right, here's where I struggle. And he's, here's where he sees that I struggle and he thinks I can do better. And it's like, all right, well, let's go to work on those. And sometimes that's not fun, right. It's not fun pointing out things you don't do well, but it's like, if you don't, address those things, you're going to continue to do those things poorly. So he's been amazing. Um, his name's Jeremy, who, you know, has really helped me out. Um, you know, he sits down with me and, and Jonathan Hasser, my crew chief, you know, you know, a good bit and just, just talk it out. And, and it's, it's awesome. good. It just gets you in a different mindset, you know, and um, I think it's healthy. It's healthy, if, especially if you're in a, a, a grueling sport to where you're on go all the time and it can get, the ups and downs and your emotions are everywhere. Like it's, and I also think it's easier as you get older to like accept those things and not be as hard on yourself, um, get a little more mature, but uh, yeah, I think that stuff's important to do. And I think everyone kind of has their own guy or somebody like that to uh, who helps them out along the way. I think they've been around for years and I think they've been hidden. I don't think anybody's ever talked about them. Uh, I came up in an era where, you know, Dale Sr. was a badass, and Rusty was, and they were all trying to show their strength. And Jimmy Spencer once said to me, he said, I could have never been as good as Rusty and Sr. because they were stronger mentally. And, you know, I did some TV with Spencer, and I looked at him, and I thought, you know, he, he's right. And, and I never thought I would hear that come out of a tough guy like Spencer. But he said, Dale Sr., and Rusty were just mentally stronger. You could never break them. They were like boulders. And I want to thank you for just sharing that because, I mean, I hear all the drivers talk about it. And uh, I wish I would have had somebody like that that I could have talked to. Yeah. And I think everyone's different, right? Like yeah. Dale and Rusty, those those folks who can do that, they're a different breed of people. Oh, yeah. Right? If you're just, <laughs> you know, I like, and they're some brutal. people are like that. You know, and, and yeah. just some people have that mentality who can just, man, they're, they're just mentally tougher than everybody else. 
And and even nowadays, you know, all the cup guys now, I think there are a couple who are just mentally tougher than everybody else. Um, but you just have that, you know, that's just personalities and everyone's mental is a little bit differently than someone else's. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you watch Dale and Rusty, like you can't get into those guys' heads, right? No. I mean, they would get into your head. Yeah. And, uh, it's just an advantage that they had. And it's just with their demeanor of how they went about, you know, their sport. And um, it obviously benefited <laughs> them very well throughout their, throughout their careers. I'm laughing because my response to what you just said is I remember myself at Dover. I'm looking in the mirror and I could see that black number three coming. As soon as he got to me, I just pulled over and let him go. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he only gave me like a straightaway. Right. You know, it, there was none of this. Well, I was going to pull over in one more lap. <laughs> you know, he just, he, he taught us that. And I yeah. tell people, I said, listen, Earnhardt was the man. I said, but it got easier on him because he taught us all. If you don't pull over, he going to wreck you. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so here you are the 2023 NASCAR champion. You are the most incredible, dynamic, perfect demographic. You're a good looking man. You're 30 years old. And NASCAR has just got to be salivating. They got to be going, oh my God. Oh my God, this is it. Now it's out in public. They realize they're playing catch up. They built this building across from the Concord Regional Airport. I've been on them. Uh, I talked to Ben Kennedy down in, in Key Largo. We were both down there about a month ago. He said, Herman, I like your show. And that made me happy. But the next thing is, is okay, when are you going to start putting these drivers' faces out there? So I feel like you're the marquee guy now. NASCAR has announced we're going to put these drivers' faces out there because we can't get the sponsors to do it very much. Although I did see Menard use you in a commercial. So where is NASCAR right now developing you as the 2023 NASCAR champion? Are they using you? Yeah. You know, I feel like they've been doing a, a good job, you know, and especially recently, I feel like they've made a bigger commitment to doing that. Right. And, um, and that's great. I mean, that comes from Ben, that comes from Steve Phelps. Um, I, I think it comes from a lot of different people who, who want to push these drivers and it's, it's the right time to do it. Right. I mean, what a perfect time. I mean, we, they just signed a new TV contract. You're bringing in, you know, a couple different partners uh, on the TV side and streaming side. Uh, so they've done a great job. We have a lot of stuff planned soon this year uh, for me that I'm really excited about. Good. Can't talk about it right now, but I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, so, yeah, I think they've done a good job. And I've always been somebody who's always been open to doing it. You know, I've, I've wanted to do this stuff because it's all, it's pushing the sport, but it's also helping you out. You know, it's getting your face out there. It's a win-win for everybody. Like, you know, I've never understood the people who don't want to do anything and, and maybe, okay, I can understand. Maybe it's just that's your personality and, and whatever, but I've just always been somebody who's been open to this stuff and wanting to do it. And oh, don't get me wrong. I'll say no to a lot of stuff, but you have to say yes to a good amount of things that they come up with because that's how working together, you know, goes right. Okay yes, I'll do this. You know, it's going to help the sport and it's also going to help me and let's, you know, continue to grow together. Cause I want to be in this sport for a long time. And if the sport's healthy, I'm going to be happy too. Right. You don't want to be, you know, you don't want the sport to not do well and, and you're involved in it, right. You want everything to operate well and it to grow and be big and reach different audiences. So they have some great things in the pipeline for me. And uh, I definitely want to do all the stuff that they want. Cause you know, yeah, you're representing the sport this year as the champion of the previous year. And, and I think it's it's part of your duty to to do that stuff. 
Dale Earnhardt Jr. bragged on you about what you just said. He noticed that you were like that early, flying out to California, doing some sitcoms. Now, on the other hand, I don't want to say the name or names, but I have watched drivers lose their ride. And they're in the catbird seat. Cup drivers kept saying no to golf tournaments for their sponsors. And they lost their ride. Uh, I like what you're doing. And like golf, okay, you look at golf. Uh, you know, it's all about etiquette in golf. Golf is about history and promoting the sport. And, you know, it gave golf gave, you know, Tiger Woods so much. But yet there he is with his son. So I like it that you think that way because look at what NASCAR has given us. Uh, did you learn that from anybody or did you just, did anybody talk to you? Um, I think I was, I was fortunate at a young age to be around dad when he was part of the sport. Mm. You know, I grew up around it. Um, I watched all this stuff. I watched, you know, I was lucky to see, a lot of things as a young kid, because dad was in it, like I got to see how race shops operated. I got to see how race weekends kind of operated and flowed. Um, I got to see all the outside stuff from it, you know, sponsorship stuff, you know, opportunities that, you know, sponsors or NASCAR is willing to give drivers um, or drivers that go out and push for this stuff. Right. So I think I just had an appreciation for it as a young kid. And um, it's really weird because I've always been kind of a shelled personality. Um, and it took me a while to kind of get out and, and, be comfortable doing this stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a lot of just growing up around it and, and understanding it. And um, so I think that was just kind of mentally embedded in me when I was a kid. So uh, obviously I'm off centered, but I'm all there. And you're everybody that hangs around you tells me you're witty. You're fun. We see the pictures of you dressing up for Halloween. <laughs> so, I mean, so you're, you're, you're yeah. there to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I try to you have a good time. I've always like people ask me, you know, I feel like it's important to turn it on and off. You have to under, you have to know when to do that. Right. You have to have fun with everything. But it's also there's also serious time right to where you're right. doing your job. And right. So it's it's able it's being able to flip a switch. Right. And um, I think that's really important now, you know, because all the even at track, like before we get in the race car to go race. All right. Here is my sponsor and partner shaking hands face and you have fun with those people and you show them a good time. But as soon as you're on pit road, ready to go when national anthem goes, I mean, you flip the switch, right? It's compete yeah. mode now. And um, I think that's just part of it. You know, that's, that's how you do it. And um, at least that's how I've, I've always just kind of looked at it, being able to turn it on and off uh, and know what, what your role is at what point. Right. So you can't be funny and all the time, uh, you know, and, and whimsical all the time. You have to know when it's time to get serious when you're doing your job, but yeah, at other times you got to be relaxed and, and have fun. So I um, I drove for Felix Sabatis, and uh, he told me he was trying to find his karaoke records because him and Roger Penske, you know, twenty years ago they they'd go on their yacht and they'd get out in the middle of the ocean and they'd have a good time and they'd sing karaoke. <laughs> and I said, Roger, so you're right. Uh, you know, it, it it gets very intense, and yeah. uh, I like that. So. January 30th. Now, this is this is one or two days old, what I'm going to ask you about. Uh, Netflix. Uh, now, let me say this. When you were a kid, a baby, I did NASCAR 360. 
And yep. it was incredible. And when they stopped that, well, first of all, I was like, you know, Kenny Wallace and you do this. And then after I did NASCAR 360, I was getting cheers like I was Dale Jr. With this January 30th release of Netflix. Now, you know, and Dale Jr. says on Twitter yesterday that he likes that they're, they really went inside. Number one, are you, are you part of this? And what do you think of it? Yeah, I'm a big part of it. Um, Good. There was, uh, I think there was a handful of drivers that they really followed in their personal life too. Um, it was like me and Chastain and Denny and uh, a couple other guys, I think. And, and they followed us around. I mean, yeah, Gian and I, they came to our house a few times, you know, on camera and just kind of what's your, what's your week like, you know, what are you doing? A lot of behind the scenes stuff. And, and uh, I was pretty open to them, you know, like, okay, yeah, come on in film, you know, I, cause I was trying to look at the big picture of like, all right, how is this going to look when they put it out? Because it's a big opportunity, you know, a Netflix crew coming in there, we obviously, everyone knows how big Netflix is, right? And, um, you know, I, I thought it was a cool inside look at the sport, at track, away from track, the behind the scenes things. And I think it just, it can reach a broad audience. And uh, I'm looking, I, I think it's going to be great. Um, obviously, it's it's great being the champion of that show. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be uh, even better. Um, but yeah, just some of the behind the scenes stuff there they did um, that they're going to put out there. I, I can't wait for everyone to see it. And um, I, I definitely, I don't normally watch shows that I'm in just because that's just, I don't want to watch myself, but, uh, I'm probably going to have to tune in on this one because, uh, I think it is going to be really unique and I'm excited for what people think about it. I really feel like NASCAR is getting it right, right now. You know, th there's an old saying, it, it's hard to win them all. And, uh, you know, I've talked with Steve Phelps. I've shared my feelings with him and, and I feel like back in the day, we, we relied on the brand Winston. We relied on our sponsors uh, to do all this. And now we find NASCAR themselves having to do some of this legwork. Uh, I feel like when the fans watch this Netflix, you know, these specials, that they're going to be able to, you know, love the sport more I, i'm looking for fans to love nascar more after they watch netflix what what do you think the how the fans will react i hope they enjoy it i, I think it's going to give a great insight of it you know I, I and like you said at the start of that statement was you know nascar is doing it right and i think they are right now they're pushing really hard of of growth and nascar is that what they've been doing a great job. I've even seen it from the start of my cup career, how they've been progressing to the heights that they're at now. And it just, it, it grinds my gears a little bit when people just say, Oh, the sport's just going downhill. It's going downhill. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? It's going <laughs> uphill. It's, yes. like, it's just, it's rapidly going uphill. And uh, in a, in the negative world that we live in, I guess you're going to have that all the time, but um, I, I think they're doing a great job. And, and I feel like, that's NASCAR's job, right? You have to push your athletes, right? I think that's any league or, you know, association, you know, NBA, NFL, MLB, that's your job to push your athletes and promote them, right? Like the teams and sponsors, right? They have their role too. But as far as like getting all of your drivers out there as a whole, that is the organization's role, right? And, and in this case, it's NASCAR and they've taken on the challenge and they've done a good job. And I'm excited to see the heights that it's going to continue to, 
grow to. Um, so it's, it's been, I've been really fortunate to be a part of it at a great time to where it's really on a great rise right now. And you can, you hope you can do what you can to help that out. I'm thinking to myself how lucky and excited I am to interview, have this conversation with you because somewhere in me, I feel like, I think this is the first time I've interviewed a 30 year old NASCAR cup champion and I'm thinking to myself, how old was Ryan when we didn't have social media? And here's where I'm going with this, and I want you to respond. People are at the racetracks right now. Let's say Phoenix with that awesome infield area where the fans are drinking, they're hooting and hollering. They're having the time of their life. And then somebody gets on social media and says, I don't like NASCAR. This race is boring. In the meanwhile, the people that are at the racetrack are having the, the time of their life. Yep. So in my day, we hardly had social media. And I feel like you're the first driver champion to maybe, you know, get the success and see this. What is your thought about what I just said? Yeah, you know, I the social media world, I've always said there's uh, social media can be amazing but social media can be very, very bad as well um, for multiple reasons. Right. Um, but I feel like the people who I see on, on the internet who are like, this is boring, yada, yada. They've never been to a race before in their life. I don't think, I, I don't think, I mean, I really don't. And, uh, or they're just a negative person and they like complaining about everything. Um, so I, you know, you have to go and experience this stuff and, Nowadays, it's not just a race anymore. Right. There is so much, so many things to do throughout the weekend. If you come to the race from Friday to Sunday, there's things going on. There's racing on track. There's practice. There's concerts going on. There's places you can take your kids and go have fun. Like you just mentioned, the new Phoenix infield is amazing. Um, and everyone's doing, you know, Talladega just put in a couple of years ago, the brand new uh, entertainment space in the garage area. Richmond did the same thing. You know, and so you're seeing this Atlanta's working on it right now. You know, so I, there's a there's a part you have to you're making it an experience, not only a race. And I feel like that's what makes people more excited uh, to, to go to these events. And, and that's what that's with every sport. I feel like nowadays, every sport, every ballpark, stadium in America, they're building towns around the ballparks for things for people to do before you go to the game or after you go to the game. Yeah, you know, it, it, and that's that's good. That's fun. It makes it even even better experience, I think. Staying right in line with that, uh, Marcus Smith, uh, he owns SMI, Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, which will remind the fans that SMI, which is Marcus Smith, he owns Bristol, Charlotte, you know, runs the Coda race, owns the Texas Motor Speedway, on and on. He calls me. Uh, about a year ago and said, Herman, I want you to fire that uh, NASCAR race day deal back up, but we're not going to use any TV. And uh, so we've done it. And it's, it's been an incredible hit. Uh, you were there yep. at something we were trying at, at Texas. We had you in the infield and we did something new there. Uh, but Bristol's Bristol and all these other tracks, it's, you know, we got 5,000 people out there. What do you think about Marcus bringing the legendary show back without national TV? But you see the fa the fans get their cars parked and they come listen to you. 
you're yeah. the, you're the one that makes it popular. Yeah, you know, I think Marcus has done a great job of uh, you know of doing things at the racetracks that he owns. You know, whether it's you know throwing dirt on Bristol, the Roval, right? I mean, those are competition sides, but like the you know, like you said, the stage and fan experiences. You know, it's where you have drivers up there talking. You know, you you up there as well. You know, uh, I forget who else was up there with us in Texas, but John um, Roberts. Yeah, yeah, and and I feel like it's it's great. You know, it gives fans access to talking to these people, and uh, it just shows them, hey. And this was like it was on race day, right? Yeah. Like it was. You were yeah, there. Yeah, I was so impressed. It's, <laughs> so it's like you know, hey, I'm about to get in the car in a few hours, and you're asking me about the race. What do I think of it? What can fans expect? You know, it's just a good little insight of of what to look forward to. You know, for the next couple hours and and uh understanding what the driver's mindset is before we jump in these cars because everyone's a little different but uh it's just those little tiny pieces that people who aren't immediately involved in the sport like not on a race team or things like that they get to know you know okay i wonder how they do this how do they prepare themselves it's fun to to give that information out to people these fans are coming to the racetracks now uh they can listen to you before the race Chase Elliott, all these drivers, so much to do. Well, as we kind of come to the end here, it's like we're starting all over again. Uh, we've been going for almost an hour already, and here we are, 2024, and you are getting ready to head out to uh, the L.A. Coliseum, mm -hmm. celebrate three years of racing inside the L.A. Coliseum. I believe the, the NASCAR Mexican Series is going to race with you all yep. separately. Uh, what are you looking forward to uh, as the year gets ready to fire off here within weeks? Yeah, it's it's here before you know it. You know, I feel like just yesterday we were wrapping up Phoenix and, and things <laughs> like that. And boom, you know, we had to L.A. here in a few weeks. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to go back to L.A. I think people have really enjoyed that. It's great that the, the NASCAR Mexico Series is going to be out there with us uh, competing. Um, I think that's that's going to be really, really great. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of cool things I've, I'm excited for this year. Um, you know, I feel like this, the schedule has been it's laid out in a way to where it's, it's been pretty unique. Bristol's playoffs, a lot later. Yeah. Bristol's a lot later. The playoffs are, they are some different races in there. Uh, you know, two super speedways in the playoffs. Uh, I call Atlanta super speedway cause it is now Yeah, that's a little different. That's going to yeah. be a little interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to defending our title. I mean, that's, that's like the biggest thing trying to get three in a row for Penske, uh, is wow. going to be fantastic. Good um, point. yeah. So that's, uh, you know, we have the rare opportunity to do that. So I know we're going to be trying hard at our group, but yeah, just, just trying to get everything back going. I'm excited to, you know, we don't test anymore. Yeah. really that much in the off season. I did the Phoenix test about a month ago, but, um, I miss, uh, I miss the sounds of the racetrack. I miss the smells. Mm. Um, you know, and you just miss strapping into your race car. So all that stuff, I enjoy like a month of off season yeah. and then I get antsy, man. I, I get ready to go and, and, uh, just want to go compete again. So, uh, yeah, it'd be here before you know it. That's for sure. I, I didn't think I'd ever talk about this, but you bring up something really good and making you see my smile, uh, that rubber smell that we've smelt our whole lives, the yeah. brakes burning, that's kind of cool, ain't it? Yeah, it was. It was. It's been my favorite smell ever since I was a kid. It's it's a it's a smell you can't you can't replicate. No, you know I uh, remember that TV ad 
with the cologne, the burnt Robert with good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I wish they would have actually made that cologne and captured that smell. Yes. I really wish I would wear it all day. Ooh, and, that um, smell. Yeah. I thought it could be great. That might be a good million dollar idea. We should come up, try to find that smell and, and sell it as yeah. a cologne or a, even a perfume, I think would be, uh, would be nice, but yeah, I just, that's a smell that all racers love, you know, and, and they can't get enough of it. And um, it's easy to miss. That's for sure. Well, Ryan Blaney, you, you're incredible. Uh, congratulations. 30 Thanks. years old, won the 2023 NASCAR championship, got engaged. Uh, the sun is shining. Uh, you need sunglasses, right? Because as the cliche <laughs> says, your, your future is so bright. You got to wear shades and uh, listen, everybody. Uh, we are in podcast form now, and uh, you can listen to Ryan on your way to work. And uh, it's so long that you turn it right back on and listen to it when you go home. You can find us Spotify, iTunes, and Charlie says we're really showing up now on podcasts. So, Ryan, thank you so much. Of course, man. It's uh, I was excited when he texted me asking me to come on because I, I love uh, – I loved all your stuff uh, on Twitter, you know, your videos after races and stuff. I, I, I watched Larson's interview with you on this, you know, so I was, I was super happy you asked me. So thank you. Hopefully uh, we can do it again sometime. Hey, hold on. Okay. The, the show's over, but now you just, you just did something. I got to get your comment. Please comment on Kyle Larson just cannot get enough of racing. I love it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. He's going to do the double. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to run uh, the, the Indy 500, then he's going to run the Coke 600, and here we are early in the winter, and he's running Vado, and he's on a plane, and he's over to the Chili Bowl. Th- this guy's incredible. I mean, he's a he's an animal, and, and I don't, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, you, I think everyone will agree that I think he is arguably, if not the best racer out there right now. I mean, the most well-rounded guy. I mean, who else can go jump from a cup car, win races, go jump in a midget, go win races, compete at the Chili Bowl, go jump in a 410 sprint car and win races. The guy is unbelievable. His talent is endless. It was tons of fun racing him for the championship because I have, I have so much respect for Kyle. I mean, how can you not for what he does? And he's a good guy too. So I couldn't do that personally. I mean, that's another gear that he has. And and uh, you want to look at somebody who loves racing, you got to look at Kyle Larson. So uh yeah, I'm excited. I just saw he was yeah going to the Chili Bowl because I thought he wasn't going to run it, and then he, he couldn't just, take it. He couldn't take it. <laughs> couldn't take it. So uh, I'm going to be watching. That's for sure. Me and, too. Um, it's going to be a, a good one. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll leave it right there. And remember, the Kenny conversation just keeps on rolling. Uh, until next time. See y'all later. See you.